Broadcasting from the Mid-Migration Outfitter Studios, this is the Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast. How much direction are you getting from the governor? Minnesota DNR had reintroduced him into this area. I don't know, maybe he didn't want me to tell the story on the show, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I I knew you were going to go there. We're going to close the entire hunting season. Oh, really? The Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx. By Haybale Heights on Devil's Lake. Visit haybaleheights.com for more. By Ottertail County. Find your inner otter at ottertaillakescountry.com. And by Lake of the Woods Tourism. Plan your trip to Lake of the Woods at lakeofthewoodsmn.com. sheep on the mountain that's the goal of the wild sheep foundation and the midwest chapters got their annual banquet coming up here in uh in minnetonka the minneapolis marriott southwest in minnetonka we're going to talk about that banquet why you would want to go because uh, there's some very cool things that you can win and it's another conservation organization that's uh creating habitat and and doing the right things for animals out there on the landscape and the president of the midwest chapter of the wild sheep foundation mike bouton joins us right now on the show mike how you doing Good. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, it's it's funny. I, I don't want to say it's funny, but it's almost strange to be talking about banquets and and you know trade shows and things like that again after having a little hiatus. In fact, uh, the last weekend before everything shut down, I was bouncing between two events going on, and one of them was that Midwest chapter of the Wild Sheep Foundation back. It was at that was uh, March of 2020, if I remember right. Right. That was the last yes. in person. Yeah, that's correct. Correct. Yes, it was. How have the how have the last two years gone for you? Well, we've been okay. Uh, this past year, twenty twenty one, we had an online auction uh, raffles, and fortunately, we did actually quite well. So that's great that uh, members and others are supporting us and enable us to uh, still do our funding, uh, make some money, and you know support. Our, our mission statement, and that's basically the well-being of wild sheep in, in North America. I want to talk a little bit more about what the Wild Sheep Foundation does and what your chapter does uh, locally, but let's talk about the banquet, March 25 and 26. First of all, you're giving away uh, a doll sheep hunt. Somebody there is going to get a doll sheep hunt? Yeah, there's going to be a lucky winner. Uh, anyone that's fully registered for both days, the 25th and 26th, will be uh added to our drawing with a free ticket for a, a Woodrig Yukon doll sheep hunt. And uh, like I say, all you have to do is be fully registered and be present on Friday night because we're going to do the drawing on Friday night, which is kind of new for us. A lot of times, uh, many of our banquets, Saturday night is more of the featured items, but uh, this year we're going to do a doll sheep on Friday night. So it's going to be a big deal. And if you've uh, ever dreamed of hunting doll sheep, uh, this will be a fantastic opportunity uh, as far as odds to win this hunt so that's in the Yukon? To try. that's correct so i mean yeah doll sheep hunt is great and obviously that's a big deal but just being able to go hunt in the yukon itself yeah. what an adventure it is it's a, a once in a lifetime uh hunt there's no question about that all right, um, you've got some speakers. I want to I want to make sure we mention who you've got speaking because uh, you got a couple. You got a, a big name that a lot of people in the conservation circles have heard before, and then sure. you've got somebody else that's got a really unique story. Uh, tell us yes. about your speakers. Uh, our keynote speaker on Saturday night, his name is 
uh, Shane Mahoney. He's from Newfoundland, and uh, he's president and CEO of Conservation Visions. Um, he's a leading voice, uh, I was going to say in North America, but he's actually a leading voice uh, in the world on conservation, uh, the well-being of, of wildlife, and uh, we're really looking forward to having uh, him speak on. He'll be at the event all both days, but on Saturday night, uh, he'll be our keynote speaker. I want to remember, I'm trying to remember what, there was a video of him doing a speech a couple years ago that was going around the internet. Do you remember, do you remember the speech I'm talking about? That's where I first learned about him. And it was, I mean, it was a completely viral video, took the internet by storm. And it was all about, uh, you know, conservation essentially. Right. And sure. I'm sure a lot of people knew him before that, but that, I think that video really put him on the map. Yeah. I've heard him speak a, a number of times and, uh, always um, always capturing as far as his content, um, his knowledge, and uh, you know, just interesting to, to hear him and, and lead those, those conversations. The other person you have speaking, when you told me about this, I said, you gotta, you gotta try to get him for my show. I gotta have this guy tell this story on this show. And uh, we'll make him come to your banquet and watch him speak sure. in person first, but I'm gonna try to sure. get him for this show. Uh, tell me about Bill Hanlon. Well, I'm going to do the best I can. I've spoke with Bill on the phone. I've never met Bill, but I have talked to people that have heard his presentation, and they say it's, it's fantastic. But uh, what took place was he drew a doll sheep hunt uh, with a couple of hunting companions, either in northern BC or the southern Yukon on that border. And while they were on their hunt, uh, they came upon the remains of an, an ancient skeleton um at the <laughs> time i don't crazy. think they yeah at the time i don't think they knew exactly what they had found but um their interest was certainly peaked um they came out after the hunt um informed authorities and such and the story from that time period now has really evolved um they've learned more but it's a fantastic story of and i believe the remains are three or four hundred years old um there's a lot of history to it they found some other artifacts that are interesting um i've heard part of the story but i know there's a presentation that will be given at the same time so obviously lots of pictures and, and bill will be obviously on that will be friday night uh at our banquet so we're really looking forward to that now i don't want to give away all, all the details in his story but can can we talk about the coat that they found with them or is that well, is that a secret I don't think it's a secret, uh, but it is it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's, <laughs> I think so. it's and, and a hat that. Uh, oh, the hat! Yeah, yeah. It's it's so I, like I say, I'm really excited about our Friday night and him talking, and I, I think it's going to be about an hour and a half or so. But um, I've just heard more people say that's one of the most fascinating things they've ever story they've ever heard. Well, because uh, uh, Gray Thornton's going to be there too, right? That's right. Gray, our president and CEO of, of Nationals Wild Sheep Foundation, uh, will be present and, and speaking. And uh, and actually, Gray is an individual I spoke with. Uh, Bill spoke at one of the uh, national conventions a few years ago, and Gray said it's absolutely fantastic uh, presentation. Yeah, he had a lot of things to say about it. Because, you know, you think yeah. about, like, Shane Mahoney, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, last time we was there, I was there, uh, Billy Moles was one of the guys that spoke. Billy's awesome. Uh, and, and, you know, so Bill Hanlon, who's Bill Hanlon? Well, then you hear the story, and it's like, oh, okay, this is pretty yeah. neat. And didn't he say it was one of the most fascinating stories he's heard? 
Absolutely, yeah. And Bill's from British Columbia. Uh, he's a chairman of the uh, Backcountry's Hunters and Anglers oh, okay. uh, chapter, the BC chapter. And uh, like I say, we're really looking forward to having him uh, at our event. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. All right. It is, it is a sheep hunting story. That's yeah. uh, kind of, <laughs> of course. ironic. That's uh, a sheep hunting story that's turned into much more than, than that. So let's talk about why somebody might be interested in a sheep hunt. For those out there, I mean, obviously some people definitely know what a sheep hunt entails, but for those watching or listening to this right now that say, why a sheep hunt? You know, why would I want, why would I want to go on a, on a sheep hunt? You've gone on a couple of sheep hunts, including one in, in Kazakhstan. Is that right? I have. Yeah. I've, I've been on numerous hunts. I've been very fortunate. Uh, sheep hunting is, is, uh, it's hard to explain. I think sometimes it reminds me of maybe running a marathon. Uh, prior to it and after, it really uh, it, it gets into your blood. You either probably love it, can't get enough of it, or it's really not for you. But uh, there's something about being in, in sheep country and the high elevations um, that really is pulling. And it's rewarding. It's difficult. It's frustrating. Um, but without question, the most rewarding uh, hunting that I feel that there is. I mean, the environment's got to be the draw, yeah. right? I mean, obviously, hunting a unique, a, a variety of unique animals because there's different sheep species, but just the the environment that you put yourself in. So, tell me what when you think about your sheep hunts, what's that? Well, first of all, let's talk about Kazakhstan because when I think about going on hunting trips, <laughs> and I know a lot of people go to that part of the world for sheep hunts, but that that just doesn't even enter my brain as a possibility or a reality. What year was that, and what was it like? I uh, actually was in 2019, uh, October 2019. It's a long journey to get there. Uh, it's three days to get there, uh, rough roads to get to camp. But once you're there, it's, it's a, the country is spectacular. Um, you know, we think too of North America has, you know, basically four species of sheep, some subspecies of sheep. Um, Asia and Russia and some of these other countries, I mean, they've got a dozen different species of sheep. So it's amazing how many different variety of sheep uh, wild goats there are in the world so north america has a handful but the rest of the world has uh, a big handful and uh, so traveling that far uh, it's an adventure there's no question about that what were the what were the people like that you hunted with out there um they're wonderful to hunt with other than you know there's always that Language, language barrier, language barrier. <laughs> which at the same time, uh, I, I, at some level, enjoy that though too because it's sure. part of that of, of the hunt. Um, the horses typically are small. The gear um, is a little less comfortable, you could say, than what is typically used in Canada or or the U.S. for our saddles and things of that nature. Um, but it's very much like. Uh, a Yukon or Alaska or Northwest Territory hunt where you're staying in a, a small tent, um, boiling water, eating freeze-dried food. Um, the country's a lot alike. The game is a lot alike. It's just, but it's just different. Sure. And this is a mid-Asian ibex. Man, that's a that's a crazy looking animal right there, Mike. Yeah, they're, it, it's beautiful. It's actually, now this particular one is actually a, considered a wild goat. 
Wow, um, okay. species. Um, but his horns are about 50 inches long. And on oh. uh, this particular uh, hunt, um, there's like six of them uh, I remember together. And uh, we were able to pick this one out and, and get on it and, and get a you know good, good shot. And it all worked out. So 50 inch, 50 inches, is that, uh, you know, how big do they get? Is that pretty good that's, size? That's, I was uh, pretty, uh, pretty lucky there. 50 is on the upper end of length, I guess you could say. 45 is still a good quality size. Hmm. So I was a little, had a little luck on my side, I guess you could say in that respect. One of the aspects to a hunt like that I think is that cultural adventure when I duck hunted in Argentina part part of the fun was just you know trying to learn the language and trying to communicate with people that that I think they pretended not to know much English more than they actually didn't know the English (laughs) that's that's, that's my theory but uh either way I think and I think that's part of the part of the draw they want you to try to communicate with them in their language because that's what I enjoyed you know trying to learn a little bit of Spanish and I remember sitting in the airport in Houston getting ready to uh jump on the flight to go down to Buenos Aires and I was sitting there with uh three people from Mexico and I said, I'm going to Argentina. You guys got to teach me some Spanish words. So we yeah. sat there in this in this bar with these guys from, from Mexico, and they sat there teaching me all these Spanish words. And I'm not sure I was supposed to use some of them, <laughs> but they gave me some useful ones too. So uh, I thought yeah. that was a, a fun part of the trip. And then you also shot, you went to British Columbia and shot a stone sheep that we got a picture of here. British Columbia, you know, I spent a lot of time in Canada. I haven't been to BC before, but that seems like a, a beautiful province. Oh, it is. It's just a diverse province. Uh, yeah, the stone sheep, actually, I got that a few years ago. I hate to even say it. <laughs> I look a little younger there, but uh, that was a, actually, that was a 14-day hunt. Wow. And I got, I got that sheep on the last afternoon of the last day so it was uh it was a quite an adventure uh, we hunted hard and um it's one of those things where i didn't know if i would have another opportunity so you just kind of stay in the game and keep hunting hard and uh, we were able to get on that ram the last afternoon of the hunt and uh probably the luckiest hunt that i've i've been on uh to hunt that hard not have a lot of luck and in the last day uh and weather always plays a big factor in, in mountain hunting. And that was part of our issue with that particular hunt. But uh, we stayed with it and actually got on the 14th day, which was the last day of the season. So oh, wow. really, really, really fortunate there. Yeah. So were you on foot, horseback? How were you getting up and down the mountains? And it, yeah. did, did you well, lose some weight by the end of the trip? Yeah, yeah you always do. Uh, it was a fly-in type of to base camp and then horseback from there and then did spike camps. And, uh, the horses get around pretty well, but uh, it does get quite steep. So then, of course, you're backpacking on foot hmm. from from there. Yeah. You know, for a guy that spends the majority of his time walking cattail sloughs in the prairie, I mean, I can see for four miles. When a, when a rooster gets up, I can watch him fly away for the entire week. What what's it like when somebody that's got doesn't have a lot of mountain experience and you say you got to go on one of these sheep hunts, you're going to be in high elevations, you're going to be walking s- steep slopes. That could be do, do do people get intimidated by that? And what advice do you give them about it? 
Yeah, you can. Well, certainly you can get yourself in some places that uh, you probably shouldn't be. So uh, the first thing I would say is obviously you want to go with someone that's got an experience and outfitter. And it's almost uh, in this day and age, it's almost impossible to hunt sheep without going with an outfitter. They're typically allocated the tags or you draw a tag. But I would certainly recommend going with an outfitter. They know the country. They know where most of the time the sheep, if they if they don't know where they are, they know where they spend the most time at. So that's going to be by far your best chance. And to get a coveted sheep tag, uh, you want to put your best effort uh, forward to you know have an opportunity. So go with someone um, that's reputable. Um, well, know, I think all one, around, check it out. Yeah, I think one thing that gets overlooked in a situation like that, and some people just want to do DIY. I don't need a guide. I don't need this or that. But when you're talking about getting into some of those hairy situations, uh, I think, you know, a lot of places in Canada, you're required to have a guide. And I think some of the requirements uh, include some sort of CPR or some, you know, medical, some first aid training. So being in a situation with somebody, unless unless you're an EMT yourself, it's nice to have somebody that's got some medical, especially if you're, yeah, you're in a spike camp or you're in a, a camp for 14 days, a, a long way is probably a plane ride away from a hospital. Sure. It's nice to have somebody there that's got some training. Well, that's right. And, and you get in such remote country too, just to bring the game out takes. Oh yeah. A couple, three guys or some horses. So yeah, there's no question, but it's almost, anymore there's a there's five zones in montana where it is a do-it-yourself type of scenario which you can hunt uh bighorns um and it is really really rough country but other than that it's a drawing uh canada is going through an outfitter alaska is going through an outfitter unless you're a resident so there's opportunities out there and you have to do a lot of homework but you want to if you haven't hunted a sheep before you want to go with someone that's that's an outfitter well, you, let's talk about the U.S. Uh, sheep hunts. You did do a hunt in the Beartooth Mountains in Montana? Uh, two years, in tw well, the COVID year, 2020. Okay. Everything oh, was shut that. down. Yeah, and uh, that's, a, like you were saying, that, that is a do-it-yourself uh, type of hunt. Um, there's five zones uh, in Montana. They're called the Unlimited Zones. Uh, it's 100% draw, but there's a quota. So you hunt, you have to call in to the fish and game department every 48 hours and uh, check to see if the quota, yeah, see this, if the quota has been met, if it's been met, they close the season and, and you're walking out. Uh, if the quota hasn't met, you you carry on and you keep hunting. Uh, some years the quota's met quite quickly and some years it, it simply isn't uh, met and uh, it's just difficult hunting. There's not a lot of sheep, but it's an opportunity to sheep hunting if you have the passion uh, to sheep hunt that's an opportunity that's pretty neat you know the closest i've come is i, I bow hunted in the badlands in western north dakota and i've come across sheep uh in some of those hills when i've been back there real close they you yeah. know they 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 don't get hunted real hard they don't have a, a real big fear of people obviously and so they just kind of sat there you know browsing staring at me a little bit like, yeah, that's a pretty cool experience. It's, it's again, it's, it's such neat country that you find yourself in chasing these animals right. around. Right, right. That's right. In, in fact, in North Dakota, I believe there's five tags and there's uh, a state tag. And actually at our banquet, we will sell a, a state, big our North Dakota state bighorn tag. And that buyer then can hunt throughout the region of North Dakota and throughout the throughout the fall. So that, that tag gives the hunter quite a bit of, you know, opportunity 
throughout the fall to hunt. And I think there's four or five then resident draw tags. Yeah, I think you're right. And South Dakota just started doing something similar a few years ago too, right? Yeah, we will, same thing. We will sell a uh, a state tag uh, for South Dakota. They do have resident uh, tags that they do through a state draw, but we will sell the state tag, uh, which opens up almost all the units for the buyer throughout the fall to, uh, to hunt. And uh, this year, actually, for a first time, a non-resident with this tag will be able to hunt in uh, Custer State Park. So oh. it's a pretty significant uh, deal as far as uh, there's some big, big rams in that uh, state park and throughout the state. But uh, it's going to be a, another opportunity for the buyer to hunt. Those tags garner some serious attention and uh, yeah, some, some serious money. I've seen a couple of those auctions go and I'm like, holy smokes. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. this is nuts. Where does that money go? That money goes to uh, wildlife conservation. Uh, some of the states, 100% of the proceeds from the sale of that bighorn tag will go to sheep conservation. In South Dakota, it's a split uh, between sheep and the remaining wildlife, but it all goes to wildlife conservation. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's the objective of the Wild Sheep that's Foundation. Right. That's right, yeah. Talk about some of the work that they do uh, with the organization. Yeah, well, our chapter, uh, you know, in the beginning, um, our founders put a chapter together to do conservation work, you know, for the well-being of, of wild sheep. and. We were by far, you know, one of the earlier chapters uh, to be put together, but uh, even though we are in the Midwest, there was a handful of, of serious big game hunters and mountain hunters here in the Midwest that put the chapter together. And what they wanted to do is, is, is fund different aspects of, of wild sheep. So whether it was uh, disease research or habitat improvement, um, so we've done land uh, acquisitions, um, Every year we do, we send some youth to do some water um, projects in Arizona and in the Southwest, uh, because obviously it's high uh, mountainous, uh, desert almost type of country. So water is always an issue there. So we do a lot of um, guzzler projects. Um, like I think I, I mentioned uh, disease research. Yeah. And that's so, a big thing with those sheep too, isn't it? Excuse those me. Small pocketed populations. It is. Uh, they're really uh, struggling to. Uh, wild sheep, con you know, populations have been able to stabilize in most regions, but there is a disease uh, contracted through the interaction of unfortunately domestic sheep, hmm. and we're working on that, and been working on that, and. Uh, I, I don't know that a vaccine will ever be an issue, but the separation is what we're working on right now. Uh, collaring and testing for this disease uh, is it's a, a, a kind of a pneumonia type of uh, disease that ends up killing the, the wild sheep. So we've been you know doing a lot of funding for that and uh, helping these areas, uh, like I say, collar, test, and some of the removal of, of positive uh, of sheep with this sure. disease. 
Well, I always thought it was interesting that there was a Wild Sheep Foundation chapter in Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, because right. you don't think of Minnesota as being a sheep state, obviously, but sheep are one of those animals that people travel to hunt and obviously there's a lot of people in minnesota that like to travel to hunt so it makes sense i john babblers who introduced me to it I was yeah. like, there's a wild sheep foundation chapter here and he started telling me about it and i was like i gotta come down and check this out and i came to that first banquet a few years back and uh i mean there you have booths set up with uh different outfitters that you can learn about you've got uh se- there's seminars too going on right that's right. Uh, actually, uh, the uh, company out of Utah called the Hunt and Fool, they're a uh, consulting company for big game hunting throughout the West. Uh, Austin Atkinson and Robert Hannon are going to come back and uh, do uh, seminars throughout uh, Friday and Saturday on, on big game hunting in the West. Uh, they'll do some seminars on gear and firearms, um, drawing some of these coveted tags, drawing some of the uh, deer, elk, bear, uh, other species. Uh, you know, in the West. So they'll put some fantastic uh, seminars on. And if you want to, you know, if you're not knowledgeable, uh, they're a wealth of, of information. If you are somewhat knowledgeable, they're still going to have some information that can help you uh, become a better hunter and, and potentially draw a tag or two in the West. So um, it'll be fantastic seminars. And I mean, I, I don't know what the setup, it, obviously the setups tend to change year after year, but uh, every time I've gone, the taxidermy that's on display is incredible. And I'm assuming some of that will be there again this year? It will, yeah. Every year we try to have a variety of, of, of species uh, from obviously, you know, and we're very, obviously we're, our, our focus is on wild sheep, but our focus also is on conservation of wildlife. So yeah, um, you'll see a lot of, sheep there and have a lot of sheep conversations but there's a lot of elk and mule deer and and bears and mountain lions and so uh we'll cover we have some excellent auctions and we'll have some sheep on there but uh we have as much mule deer elk and like i say uh wing shooting uh canadian fishing so um we really cover the whole variety of, of conservation uh, for wildlife. All right, one big part of the weekend is uh, the auctions out there, right, Mike? What what do you got going on with the auctions this year? That's right. Uh, we'll actually have three auctions, uh, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and, and Saturday evening. And uh, we'll have a great variety of items. In fact, we have uh, South Dakota, Wyoming, North Dakota State Bighorn Tags, uh, which are always fun to, to watch go. Um, and then we'll have a variety of uh, big game hunts, mule deer, elk, uh, mountain lion, bears uh, throughout North America, uh, world-class fishing, um, world-class artwork, uh, jewelry. Um, let me look at my notes here. I don't want to forget anything. You know, even uh, wing shooting in, in uh, South America, Dorado fishing South America, uh, some Canadian Rocky uh, vacations. Uh, vacations for wine tasting in California. Um, Josh Buys is, is doing a charcoal original uh, print for us, so we're excited about that. So really uh, something for everyone actually and some really fantastic hunting opportunity and fishing opportunities throughout uh, North America. And I'm guessing this is all, all listed on the website? Uh, most of it is and we're updating it daily. Hmm. And uh, the auction is also uh, an available online through online hunting auctions. Uh, but we really love to have you in, in person at, you know, I, at the banquet. 
Absolutely. It's a good time. And it's, it's kind of wild. You get an auctioneer. Who is you going to have your auctioneer back? Our auctioneer, Les Olshauser is back. Uh, Les is a trip. Well, he, that he does several national shows, uh, Mm -hmm. conventions, uh, each year. And he's also a professional rodeo announcer. So, uh, a good guy. Uh, he keeps the uh, crowd uh, entertained. And, and does a great job. Also, I see Steve oh, Keener will be our M- yeah. Steve will be our MC again this year. And does a terrific job as far as keeping the attendees, you know, uh, knowledgeable, uh, informed on what's going on. And uh, he's been doing this for years and years and does a great job. Yeah, you know, I always forget that we. I, when you when we bring up Steve Kaner, we I forget that we all have a Rice Lake, Wisconsin connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did because I did radio in Rice Lake, and I used to watch Steve's dad Dick That's do right. mornings on on WJMC or the W. Yeah. I think it was WJMC AM or something. 12, I don't know. Yeah, twelve forty. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. he was he was the king of radio up in That's Northwest right. Wisconsin and did it yeah. forever. So when I when I met Steve at the banquet, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like yeah. worked worked with your dad uh, way back when. So. Uh, Very cool. All right. Well, that's March 25, 26, the Midwest chapter of the Wild Sheep Foundation at the Minneapolis Marriott Southwest in Minnetonka. Uh, MidwestWildSheep.com is the website. Uh, Mike Bouton, thanks for the time today and good luck with the banquet coming up in March. Yeah, thank you. This has been the Finding Fur and Feathers Hunting Podcast, part of the Sporting Journal Radio family. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts or visit us at FindingFurAndFeathers.com. 852 million acres of public land, 147 million private properties, all in the palm of your hand. The number one hunting GPS app just got better. With hundreds of custom map layers, 3D and topographic maps, you can easily scout on the road or at home before you go. And now you can get important weather details, CWD detection, and even know what crops have been planted where. Get the most trusted hunting GPS app ever made. Onyx. Know where you stand with Onyx.